Welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought, and we are on the big. Sorry, my bottle. The big nine zero, and we start off by talking about. So we, re- I mentioned uh, just the experience I had on another student film I did, and a few things that I learned. And in addition to that, segued into people that you we interact with, people that are assholes, people that are assholes just. Uh, for an instance, and people that are assholes just all the time. Why is that the case? How are you supposed to deal with them? And finally, what <laughs> what do we round it up by? I don't remember. I, I, I actually can't remember. I don't we remember. round it up by. You just need to listen. Episode 90, <laughs> Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, I don't know, I can't remember what day it was, um, <clears throat> I did another student film for the Art Institute of Chicago, the same um, same school, when I did the different film that I was telling you about, like, it really sucked, it was ongoing forever and ever. This experience was way better. It was, um, it was, I, so I had, I guess, I guess you could say, that experience that I had, that was like an isolated incident. Okay, so I had the, I did this film, which was really fun. It took all day, though. It took forever. Okay. What day was this? Sunday. Okay. So I was supposed to be there at 11, but then they changed it to noon. I get there at noon thinking that we're going to start at 1 to 2. I get there at noon. They're still not done with the set. We didn't start shooting until like 5. So I was like, what the fuck? I was like kind of pissed off. Because when I show up, I expect to be there for no more than one hour of waiting before we start shooting. You know, so that's you had I, to wait like that's what three my hours is. to... I waited five hours until we started shooting. Wait, five hours? Yes, really? Because then later... Well, she, okay, she so was like, what, what was the problem? They just weren't done finishing up the set. Like Where creating, was this? Like, this isn't a classroom. They're not in a classroom, but like a little studio at the Art Institute of Chicago. And well, they they had they wouldn't finish constructing the set yet. Um, did they have like a example, timeline of when they needed to be there? Or well, like, they had the room booked for the whole day for a couple of days because they were building it. But for example, wow. a lot of the objects were hung from fish wire. So like this fence in this photo is hanging from the ceiling with like fish li- fishing line. Yeah. Right. And then they had built that bed. They had built that staircase. Like, everything is built from scratch. There's some stuff back here um, to make the illusion look like it's floating. It's hung from wire, from string, or from fish line. So it was just a whole slew of things. So I walk in. It's, like, kind of a mess. I'm like, oh, okay, we're definitely not shooting the next hour. Anyway, I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm like, that's okay. I brought a book, you know, whatever. And um, And I think... Like, well, you know what? At least I'm not expected to help clean anything up. So I'm sitting there for a little bit. And then I go to, we're in the lounge, in the separate room in this lounge, going over a few things. She's like, oh, hey, guys, I know this isn't part of your job or anything, but would, would you guys, like, m- help, mind help clean this up? I was like, I can't say no. But I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, I don't want to yeah. help clean up. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. So we get there, and I'm helping clean up a little bit. Like, I'm just putting, grabbing some scraps. I'm not lifting anything heavy or anything or what, whatever. I'm just kind of putting a few things away, and uh, I'm just like, what the hell? And earlier in the lounge, um, 
she had asked me, like, oh, do you anything? Like, do you want any coffee or anything? I'm like, no, I don't drink coffee. I'm good. And then when someone offers you coffee, what are you thinking? What do you expect? Uh, tea, beverage, other amenities. Right. But when someone says, do you want any coffee, you think it comes from the coffee maker or something. You know what I'm saying? Like this thing over here, right? Like a Keurig or like a pot, right? Yeah. I walk in. I'm cleaning up a little bit. I'm just kind of like pissed off. I'm like, this sucks. Like I were a couple hours late. I've been here for like two hours. I'm cleaning up. What the hell? And then someone walks in the door. It's like, hey, guys, I got the coffee. Starbucks? What? Okay, no. Coffee is different than Starbucks. Wow. This would have been a huge difference if you said, Victor, would you like any coffee? Someone's running to Starbucks. I would have said, no, I don't want coffee, but I would like a Frappuccino. So, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, coffee. And when I saw that, when I saw the person coming with like eight different things, I was just like, no. This can't be real. All right, bro. Like, so, did they ask you what you wanted? Like, how did this go down? Not, it wasn't like, can I get you a coffee or something like that. I'm sure it wasn't like, can no. I get you a coffee? I'm sure it was like, what kind of coffee do you want? Or like, no. I'm like, I'm taking orders. Like, what, no. Some, there's got to be That's something. That's why I asked you. You came in with a dozen. Like, and you can't. Like, that you must have why, been the only person. That is why I asked you, when someone says, would you like any coffee? What are you thinking? Like you're like it's just something like the Keurig or like an, on a pot. You're not thinking, oh, they're going somewhere to get coffee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah. like any coffee. You're thinking the coffee's already already made or something like that. You know, something like much more um, like laid back in, in a home setting. So when they walk in with these different things, I'm like, what the fuck? And and the director was like, oh, Victor, because someone asked someone else had asked me to, if I wanted coffee when we were in the lounge. And then the director was like, oh, Victor, did you get any, did you, uh, which is your coffee? Do you have coffee? And uh, I said like, oh, I didn't order any. And she's like, oh, here, you can have mine. And I, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. Because I saw these things and they looked delicious. It was, I don't like coffee, but I do like iced coffee. It was iced coffee with like milk or cream on the bottom. You could tell it was, like, tan, and then the bottom portion, like, the bottom one-third or one-fourth was, like, white. So it's milk or cream or something. It's like, this is going to be good. And I see the label, Caramel Macchiato, and I start drinking oh, it. I start drinking oh it. Oh, my goodness. I start drinking it, and I'm thinking, oh, you need me to help clean up? <laughs> I'm there. I'm cleaning up. I'm drinking Man, my macchiato. Ah, we're a couple hours late behind schedule, but you know what? I'm okay because I got my macchiato. And I never had one before. I usually just get a frappuccino, you know. And uh, you've I'm never had this. you've never had a macchiato. No, you work in film, I, and you've never I had a macchiato. This macchiato. Oh my god! Having a great oh time. Oh my god! And it just completely changed everything for me. Wow! And then what happened was too, like a few people had gotten that order, and I'm drinking it. And then because the director, <laughs> she said, "Here, you can have mine," and she gave me hers. And then someone else was like, oh, did you order one? She's like, I gave it to Victor or whatever. And somehow, like, uh, someone had theirs in their hand. And she was like, oh, give me this one. Like, I just want a little bit of it. And she drank it and put it down. And then there's, like, some confusion because this guy, he didn't get his. But really what happened was the director gave me hers. She took a sip or two of his. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't know that that was his. So she thought that was hers. 
and she and she saw him drink. He saw her drink from it. Uh, put it down. I was like, well, I'm not going to drink uh, that because that's, yep, that's the director's. Yep, yep, yep. And then there was like some confusion like wait no but she said that wasn't hers but that wait uh, what and i was just like well i got mine i'm good and they went back out and they got a couple but yeah if you had said victor we're going to starbucks would you like anything or victor would you like coffee someone's gonna get starbucks if you had somehow just made a tiny little adjustment in your question then i would have said yes you can get me this or that but when someone just asks so vaguely would you like any coffee? No. I'm good. But, man. I'll tell you, when I had that macchiato, it turned everything around. I was, Bro, I, I feel like um, one of the things that I learned uh, being a pastor, uh-huh. we are a frugal type. We love free stuff. We love being People able- or pastors? Pastors. Okay. Pastors. I mean, people, too. Uh-huh. But. Bro, when it came to any sort of, like, formal gathering or yeah. some sort of, like, Anything that was relevant to uh, appealing to the senses of the people who are there, yeah. you know, whether it's food, coffee, like get going out and getting Starbucks, like there, are, there are always tokens of generosity yes. that are shown by anyone who is hosting. Like it doesn't even matter, like if it's like, oh, well, would you, like I, n- I normally don't do this, but would you like cream for your coffee that I've made yeah. out of my pot? Yeah. Like there's always something that, that a token of generosity. And when you come to an instance where it's a professional institution or something like that, they tend to be a little more, uh, you know, willing to appease. So when somebody asks you for coffee, like my initial response is always, "Well, what type? Like, what are you like? Yeah. What are you asking?" Uh, and the clarification tends to be one of, "Oh, well, we're going out to Starbucks." It's yes. like, "Oh, well, in okay. that case, I'll take a pumpkin spice latte." Yeah. But sir, it's February. I don't care. Like, yeah. Get me a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. When I, I think one thing I'm starting to pick up on is when when people ask you something and they want to serve you, let them serve you. Even if you don't, even if you don't want anything, never say no. Even if you don't never want say anything, no. just say like, yeah, I'd like to, you know, take some, I'll have some ice water or something or never, have, yes, never, say never, no. Say no. never say no, never say no, never say no. That is the key because yeah. you will get some fucking awesome stuff if you yeah. never say no, and, especially uh, being invited. It really picked me up my spirits. And yeah, my energy, dude. Like, and, uh, uh, like, it was so great. It was your first macchiato. Yeah. Your first macchiato on a student film. A student film, right? Yes. And this director was aware enough to be like, you don't have something. Like, would you like mine? Yeah. She sacrificed her own drink, dude. Like, would you do that as a director? Yeah. Probably not. I would, I think. Yeah, 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 you probably would. But But it was great. And then... um, so, so yeah, how did the rest of the so, uh, experience so go down? Instead of getting home, what would have been, let's see, uh, so I got home really late and I had to wake up really early the next day and it was a great experience. It was fun and, um, it was an interesting set and I started getting really tired near the end. I was just like, what the hell? By by the time it was like 9 o'clock, I was like, I got to go home soon. Because the next day I had to work at 5 a.m. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. At work really? at 5 a.m., which means I have to wake up at least at 4.30 at the latest. Yeah. And so we're doing this film. We finally finish up, and I'm so tired. And um, we wrap things up, 
and I go home. And, oh, and the other thing that I, I learned was, because uh, when I walked in there and when the whole thing was happening, I was like, these people need to be organized a little better, you know? But at the same time, you know what? I'm not in their position, you know, to judge them on whether something is is why this set isn't 100% complete. or It's not like they're intentionally doing this. Everyone well, wants to get this done. Can you explain a little bit more, like, what you mean, like, stuff was not to what like what? was it the set was it the people on the set like what, what what was the issue that you had oh it was just the fact that i showed up that my call time could have been yeah. changed instead from 12 p.m they could have said like oh maybe it was like till, four you don't have to be here till 3 p.m 3 p.m yeah so just like my time being wasted almost and but every, every, so everyone who was there had to wait there. Like, was everyone was only one, one other actor? Was so you and one other actor who were supposed to be there for the shooting that was originally supposed to be at scheduled noon? call time at noon, start shooting at, at one, one. To, one to two, one to two. Yeah, and didn't you? We did it was not just, shoot. We did not. She did not call action until five p.m. So it was just two of you. Yes, myself and another girl that had to wait three hours. Yeah. Do you know how big the production was? Like how many crew members uh, or, or one, cast members? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like, it was uh, just myself and the other actress at one – and the run, two – there were probably like – there were probably at least maybe like eight people involved and they were one, at least maybe like five people there the entire time. With other people that were maybe like indirectly involved, like friends just helping her out. But then there were really like five people or so that was – so she was directing, camera, AD, set design. Yeah, so like other things that were – people that were actually involved in the project. Like so involved. do you feel like you were ta- – like people adequately – like dis like we're able to alleviate your concerns about it. Yeah, so but here's late. what I'm I mean, here's what I'm getting at is that even though I walked into it and I was kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, I can't believe my time's getting wasted. I would really would have appreciated if I just showed up if they told me like you come in at three or four instead of at noon because I'm just wasting my afternoon right now. And by the end of it, after being there for twelve hours. I was there for twelve hours. I didn't leave until midnight. So, oh but after goodness, being there, really? after being there for twelve hours, I, was, I said, "You know what? I'm tired, but we're done shooting. I had a great experience, and I'm okay with having my time, which what I perceived to be wasted, because everyone's in it together. Everyone is working towards uh, a common goal of finishing this film, and no one is intentionally." sabotaging the set you know mm-hmm. unforeseen things occur there they did their best to try and get to shoot on schedule it didn't happen there was no reason for me to be you know i'm i'm happy that i was upset but i didn't let it affect the rest of my day you know it was a very short amount of time and what i look what i took away from this experience is like that shit's gonna happen on major on like when if you're getting paid a million or ten million dollars, like shit's gonna happen where you feel like your time is just being wasted. But I learned from this, know that people aren't intentionally sabotaging the film. Like just unforeseen things happen. It's not, you know, anyone to blame in particular, just things happen and you just gotta be a team player and just hold your head up and just be positive and just 
work together. So, do you feel like um, so the, the situation that you had to deal with being one of delays, right? Right. Do you feel like somebody who was in your similar position who didn't have your predisposition to like being okay about things like what oh, I mean, what, totally. what, what, what would the standard totally. reaction going be back, going back to what i was saying in a bef- situation like that yeah going back to what i was saying before you were like oh what do you mean and i was like well what do you mean what do i mean um another thing that i that i took away that you can take away in any part of life is like i'm just the actor i'm not in the production design i'm not the director i'm not i don't see the angle i don't see if there's a problem i don't see the other angle which these other people see who are at a different vantage point than me for example like if you're at a restaurant and you're sitting with people and one of your friends is like oh my gosh this she's this person is such a horrible waiter or waitress like they can't even get my order right or why is it so slow or this or that you're only seeing things from the vantage point of a patron you don't understand what's happening in the kitchen you don't understand what's happening at the host or hostess desk, right? You don't understand what's happening logistically, um, uh, for example, like with uh, one time, personal experience, I had like wine glasses. Like we had too many wine glasses break over the course of several weeks where one night we were super busy, we didn't have enough wine glasses. Like there are, it's not any one person's fault. You don't, you don't have the ability to see or experience um, the problem from a different perspective unless you are either A, just open and willing to try and understand or have B, personally experienced it yourself. So what someone would do in that situation, I'm, I can totally see people being total assholes. Like, what are you, like, I can't believe you, you're wasting my time. I'm an actor. Why didn't you do this? You could have had me come in later. I'm never doing this. Like, you could be a total asshole about it, but the reality is you have no control and you just got to fucking deal with it. How, what, what proportion of people do you think fall into the categories of acceptance versus, um, <laughs> let's say, denial? Like, do you, I mean, you, you've had a fair amount of experience when it comes to dealing with people who are aspirational actors. Yeah. Those people who want to make it in a career. Like you probably have a pretty good sense of like what proportion of people, there's probably like, more people speaking. in, there's probably more people who are accepting and willing to like help out. I would say I'm guessing in the industry at the top, because if you get, once you, when you get there, the industry itself has weeded out all the people that are just in it for the wrong reasons or people that are complete assholes because no one wants to work with someone who's an asshole. When you work with this person every day, you know, eight to 16 hours a day, you know, five to six days a week for three or four months at a time out of, in the year, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you got to be talented, but you also got to be a nice person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's funny that you say that because this is a great segue into what I experienced yesterday. I'm working, and uh, this guy is, uh, he says something to me, uh, and I go, you know, yeah, I, I can help you out. What is it? And he's complaining about this other employee. And what happened was he pretty much was saying how, like, yeah, every time I'm here, you know, or when I was here one time, I have my items in a box, and I set it down, and I, I go to get something else. And this person just walked in front of me and was putting the items away, and I was trying to buy them. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. You know, that happens sometimes. The reason that happened was, no, 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 no. I don't care about other people. I only care about me. 
And so I thought, oh, this type, this motherfucker, I should just kick you out right now because you are being such a fucking idiot. He wouldn't let me explain to him why that may have happened. And why that may have happened is because what happens is if you have milk or cheese or yogurt or anything that needs to be refrigerated and it's in a box, people will sometimes abandon it and it needs to go back in the refrigerator. Otherwise, we can't sell it. People will straight up abandon it. And he didn't want to hear that. He wouldn't even let me explain that. And he got all worked up and was yelling at me. He wasn't mad at me, but he raised his voice and his tone. And he was trying to tell me about how business works and this and that. He's like, he pretty much said, what happens is when you do that, people don't want to buy the product. When people don't want to buy the product, the business doesn't make as much money. When the business doesn't make as much money, you know what happens? The store shuts down. You should meet my friend Ray Anderson because you two, based on your just incompetency, would make great friends probably. Just his logic just did not make any fucking sense at all. And all he, all I wanted to explain to him was, I'm sorry that happened. What I just said takes 30 seconds to explain. He's just a big fucking asshole. And um, so to answer your question, the number of people who are in denial versus those who are accepting, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but like we've concluded many times before, there are way more stupid people out in the world than there are just rational people. It, but in regards to, like, who you have to actually, like, personally deal with, how how would – do you feel like on a regular basis, so you're working oh, your, your job okay. at the cashier line, you have to go through, like, so many people, like, there are those people like, oh, I guess I don't have any charge with me or, like, whatever the fucking jokes are that they make. Yeah. You, you've told so many of those jokes yeah. that people will make over and over again. Um, yes, you know, like, whatever. Like, the – like uh, – but how many people are the exception to the rule that interrupt your day that make you feel like, wow, like I feel a little worse than I did before <laughs> I saw this person. Like there are individuals Very who you few. see. Very okay. So, because there are people there. Yeah, yeah, there are yeah. there are about, you know, three or four different types of customers you run into. Uh, the first of which are the interactions that you have that a majority they're just completely neutral. I walk away from them, I don't feel any better, I don't feel any worse. All right? How is the weather out there? Like, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. next, then there are customers whose interactions you walk away from. And yet, you walk away and you tell yourself, you know what? I would have been good not having that interaction, but it's not going to bother me, right? It's not going to bother. Hey, for, all right, you're. Uh, yeah. What's the common one that you say? You say you, it's, there's uh, always one a, of them. One of them's like. Uh, one of them's like. Uh, all right, it's. Uh, you know. Three twenty-five. Oh, I left my all my three-dollar bills at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so fucking hilarious. You give me the fucking money. Next. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is yeah. it a great day outside? Yeah, bitch. Thanks for reminding me that I'm in here for eight more hours. Thank you. Yeah, it uh-huh. is a great day outside. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, there's people that are neutral. I'm just whatever. No, nothing bad, nothing good. People that just make stupid jokes or have dumbass questions, where it's like, "Thank you for wasting my time," but. You're I'm not. Going, you're not a harm to my well-being. Like yes. you don't make my day any worse. Like yes. you are not just, making my day any you worse. You are a person who I encounter. Yeah. You're uh, not like, making my day any worse. However, you have inconvenienced me right now. Yeah. Uh, there is the extremely rare people that just you walk away. Man, I'm really happy I talked to that person. That's really, I've had those either, people. Oh either, yeah. I was yep. having a really shitty day, and they turned me uh, totally around, just and I'm having really a great day, or people. I'm just having an okay day, and I'm now having a really great day, or I've been having a great day, and I'm now having an awesome day. 
And then there's the people where you're just like, uh, I'm debating on whether or not it's worth it to lose my job for knocking you out right now or slapping you across the face. How, what form does that take for you? Like what, like what are, what are instances where you've like nondescript that you have experienced where you feel like you need to physically assault somebody? I mean, to the point where not, not even, not even physically assault somebody, but just to be like, why the fuck are you out in public? Like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. no reason why you should be a human that, being in the public like, sphere right now. That's like probably I'll try and be I want to say like 90%. I'm just kidding though, but <laughs> I mean the where I stop and just say what the fuck less than 10% of the time. I was going to say it, it it really seems pretty rare less that you'll come across somebody who's who just really defies um reason or ration and yeah. you're just like what the fuck? Like, okay, so it's probably it's, a good. Uh, it's probably at least probably like five percent of the time. I would say like, what even fuck? less than that because let me tell you, man. When I worked at Target back in college, but I was so real quick to interrupt you. Yes, when you're working in a place of retail, those numbers are fucking skewed compared to just like going about normal in public because the retail environment, like, just swaths of just stupidity just gather there. You know what I'm saying? Self-interest. Just, and, uh, oh my gosh. Totally. It's a completely, it's an environment you can't really compare parasitic. to anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue. It, it's Target. bad. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, well, no, I mean, well, it goes along with that, that attitude of you get to see, you know, you get to see the best of people, but you also get to see the worst of people. Yeah. And like for me, when I was working as a cashier at Target, like I, I would come across those people who were like genuinely like made my day better. It's like, who are you? Like, who are you as a person? And it's like, you know what? Like, I totally empathize with your position right now. And I'm just here to like, make your life a little easier. And that's my gift to you. Like, I don't ask anything other of you, like check me out, do your thing, but I'm going to have a nice conversation with you. Right. And I'm going to make your day a little bit better. I remember those people. Like, those people are embedded in my long-term memory, but also embedded in my long-term memory are those people who, the uh, the the customer who would come in on a weekly basis and try to trick new cashiers into allowing them to get like three hundred dollars worth of products for oh, for free yeah, yeah, for yeah. expired coupons or yeah. something like that. And so my first experiences with somebody like that is that they would come up with like two shopping carts worth, put it on the conveyor belt, and give you all these expired coupons, and you'd be like, none of these are valid anymore. They say. Oh, okay. And then they would yeah. walk out and yeah. leave all of the merchandise yeah. on. And while well, you have like five or six people like waiting in line, suddenly you have like 200 pieces of merchandise that you have to clear off and like get into the bin or whatever to redo. So I've had experience with those people as well. And I feel like it is a, it is a tenuous balance to be like a person who is forgettable, a person who is likable, and a person who is just a horrible fucking human being. <laughs> and I feel like in in situations like that, you have chosen, like heading into your exit of the building, what type of person you are going to be. Like you are going to be an asshole. You are going to be a reasonable, rational person who's going to interact with them as another human being. Or you're going to be a fucking like, you know, douchebag. I wonder, like, why are people such assholes? I get if someone... Because this same guy, especially in retail, you see the same people over and over, you know? So you know, you get to know their personality. Absolutely. And uh, there are isolated instances where someone might be an asshole. 
And then you can get pretty good at reading someone like, oh, when you're interacting with someone, like, oh, wait, you're not just being an asshole right now. You're the type of person that's an asshole all the time to everybody. For example, this guy that was explained to you earlier, then I'm telling this girl, Amanda, like, like, hey, see this guy over there? Like, if he ever gives you shit, don't take him seriously. This is what just happened to me right now. And I see him looking through the cooler doors, opening up and saying, hey, hey. And because the delivery driver is in the cooler dropping off pallets. I'm like, what the hell? And then the guy comes out, and then the other guy, they meet. And I'm saying that there, he's like, I, the driver's like, I think this guy needs help. And he asked me a question. I'm like, no, we don't have any. He walked away. I'm talking to the truck driver. I'm like, that guy's such an asshole. This is what just happened to me a second ago. He's like, yeah, this is what just happened to me right now. I didn't hear him. And I, then I got, I, hear, I then I did hear him. And I said, excuse me, sir, do you need help? He's like, what, you need a hearing aid in there? Can a guy get some help? Or, so it just goes to show, like, this guy is just being an asshole to everybody. So what I'm trying to, like, get at or, like, decipher is just why I can understand why people are assholes in an isolated uh, event. But just, like, man, I feel sorry for people that are just perpetual assholes all the time. All the time. Every day. They're so bitter and angry about the way they were treated or their life turned out or just unhappy something about themselves yeah. they need to be an asshole to every single person yeah. that they interact with yeah there there is a certain level of antagonism that enters into the conversation especially when you come into like things that are like personal like even if it's asking for help yeah. or uh wanting something you feel like is yours like there is this this attitude of i deserve mine and if if people are not willing to accept that I deserve mine, then I will be very angry. And it's, you know, it, I feel like in this sort of social media age that we have right now, the the narcissistic attitude that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that promotes, look at me, look at me, look at me, like I am the center of the universe. There is no question as to why people respond the way that they do when it comes to instances of feeling personally offended or feeling personally confronted by a particular slight. It's like, well, it's not it's not just that you like said something that was like kind of bad about me or like you know was just part of um you know part of a negative comment but it's you are a bad person at your core and you should not have any right to speak any opinion about anyone because yeah. of you know sort of this backward logic of uh continuing to dissect your personal animus I'm a firm believer, and this is what, um, when I'm at work, I think about this a lot. I think about this a lot, actually. People that are just, just any person that just behaves like that, just their irrationality and closed-mindedness, and just people that are just mean and just assholes, the, I think one of the major problems is that people... I imagine wherever they go, the grocery store or retail outlet or whatever interaction they have with society that's not with their uh, personal friends or family, these retail chains, the the kind of code of conduct is just like, oh, you got to kill them with kindness and be nice. You know what? Sometimes these people just need to be told, you're being an asshole. You need to leave the store right now. We do not want your business. Don't come back until you're ready to be nice. But instead, it's always just like apologetic. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're... Like customers are, always customers, right. Yeah, the yeah. customers always right. Yeah. No, they're not. No. They're fucking no. wrong no. half the time. And they need to be told that. And particularly when 
they're behaving like a child, then you treat them like a child. And you tell them to leave and have their time out, go in their car, and come back when they're ready. Because bending over backwards and apologizing is just reinforcing that negative behavior. Mm -hmm. Over and over Over and over over again. again. And if someone, if people just, if society, guys, if we just man up, cashiers, I'm talking to you. Sales clerks, I'm talking to you. Managers, I'm talking to you. Everybody out there. If you just unite and just say, you're being an asshole, you need to leave, eventually I think they'll get the message. Or you'll be fired. So good luck with that. <laughs> Fuck it. It's corporate, if they're corporate not, if, man. If they threaten to never come back, I'm doing the store a favor. You're not going to deal with this person anymore. Yeah. And in the, the grand scheme of things, whatever, how much do, how much, ever, much money they spend that, on that individual level, if that one individual stops... That is a drop in the water bucket. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, but that's not the way that the world sort of operates. Though. No, but I'm saying we need to change. I agree. I, I don't disagree that we need to change. But you look at... Oh, my fucking God. So, <laughs> bro, like, you look at such insignificant things that are brought to national attention. Like, oh, things right. that are elevated beyond the level that they're supposed to be elevated. Yeah. Things are, things are meant to be contained to their own, like, local sphere, right? Like, you got a problem, like, deal with it. Like, it's a problem in your town, like, it's a problem in your, your state. Like, unless there's issues of, like, corruption or, um... Sex you know, scandal. Whatever. Like, uh, a scandal. Like, corruption. Like, yeah. any of those bad things. Aside from those, I feel like people should be able to uh, acknowledge... I don't know what what are we talking about. They should be mitigated They're, at a more local and level rather than the, I don't know. I don't no, know what you're talking no, about. No, no, no. And I, I think that there there's an element of uh, trying to like nationalize a lot of these sort of issues when in reality like most of the problems that we have, most of your cashier issues yeah. and stuff like that have to do with personal interactions. It's like Right, okay. Like yeah. what 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 is it where is the line drawn between what you are willing to sacrifice for your own human dignity and what is like acceptable in being able to like be an employee, somebody who is meant to service the needs of others. Mm-hmm. Like there's two dynamics. One is individual hum- human dignity. And the other is the requirement to fill a particular service. And so, like, there's that tension constantly over and over again where you see people who, on one side, don't believe that the service providers are providing adequate service. And on the other side, the service providers are feeling like they're not being treated adequately like human beings from consumers. Right. And all of it is dictated to the corporate level where you have, like, if you... Like you say, like cashiers, like speak out against this like horrible right, crime right. that you've experienced. What happens if they speak out against this horrible crime that's been committed against them? What happens? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. It's not a crime. Tell me. Don't we? I'm just tell me what happens to them. No. Tell me what happens when people speak up against their employers. They get fired. Ding ding ding! Can we can we insert like a sound effect right there? Uh, yeah, I think okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the reality comes down to like as as wonderful as it would be to be able to like <laughs> you know 
assert your own Which is why autonomy, individuality. Be their own employer and not be an employee. I, I totally agree, but that's n- unfortunately that's not the reality that we live in. You and I actually don't live in that reality either. Like we are unfortunately sort of servants to the master. Oh no, a black man arrested at Starbucks settled for two hundred thousand dollar program. Oh yeah, yeah. What's this about? So two black men arrested for sitting. At, okay, that's old news. Read it. Uh, settled with the city Wednesday for a symbolic one dollar each and a promise from officials to set up a two hundred thousand dollar program for young op- entrepreneurs. The men and their lawyer told the Associated Press the settlement was an effort to make sure something positive came out of the incident. We thought long and hard about it, and we feel like this is the best way to see blah, blah, blah. I would have taken the money. Well, uh, so they were offering what? How much? $200,000 to create a program versus- to help high school kids like become entrepreneurs or something like that. They and have- the settlement themselves, the per- they personally received $1 each from yeah. the city. And in exchange for a program being set up. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, dude, that's, like, well, okay, it goes back to the thing of you've never been accused of being, like, a Mexican or something. Like, <laughs> no. You're, you've never been, like, attacked as no. an illegal alien. Yeah, no. Like, challenging our country's civil order. Right. And so I feel like you, unfortunately unfortunately don't get to experience a lot yeah. of the, the like the the blatant racism i think that it, that exists out there and uh in instances yeah i've never had like, to worry about that, that it's like well i mean really you walk into a starbucks when like you walk into a walmart you walk into a convenience store when have you ever been followed around or like viewed with suspicion like Maybe once or twice when you were a kid, like a, I was a about to say, like, one time like, yeah, when I yeah, was like totally. eight or nine, yeah. it was myself, my brother, three other kids walking to a Seven Eleven, yeah. and of course they're gonna watch us. No, kids. of course, yeah. And I think that's totally like, like it's reasonable, yeah. it's rational. But when you see somebody who's like of a particular color or a particular ethnicity, and you decide, well, they're more likely to be a particular type of person mm-hmm. than the other, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. And I feel like Starbucks, like, Starbucks is, I think, you see it in Glen Ellen, dude. Like, you know Glen Ellen tried to ban homeless people from sitting on benches. What? Yes. Oh, oh, here's the crazy part. So, the village of Glen Ellen. So, this was uh, probably five or six years ago. They tried to implement a program that would give homeless people who sat on benches in Glen Ellen tickets to the nearest town out of here. So like Lombard or Elmhurst or whatever would give them tickets. Like a train ticket? To say, take this ticket, get out of our town, like take a train ticket somewhere else. You are not welcome. These are just like regular people that try to, a coalition that, that police, oh, the, police. The, the chief of police decided to implement an anti-homeless person ban on Glen Allen okay. and tried to send all the homeless people to neighboring towns okay. so that they couldn't be, like, couldn't be here. And you see that sort of over and over and over again. Yeah, well, it, one it, thing that happened yeah, was yeah, when yeah, I was you, at work, I, I, this, woman came, this woman left and then she came back and she's like, oh, I just want to tell you, there's a, there's a man... There's a man outside. He he maybe was talking to himself, but he he tried to get it. He tried to get my attention. He's a black man. I, I just want to let you know. Oh, you just want to let me know you're a 
racist bitch? Is that what you wanted? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I, I, I think that <laughs> ultimately ends up being the the reoccurring issue when it comes to... Like, what do you want me to do with that? So there's a man... What you're telling me is there's a guy outside. He might be homeless. He might be schizophrenic. And he's just not hurting anyone, but he's just sitting out there. And he maybe asks you for money because you look well off and he's hungry. That's what you're telling me? What? I don't... Okay, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that is uh, the sad reality.